Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast and today we are joined by a very special guest, Steve Hall. Steve, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to uh, be here again and uh, talk shop on this particular subject. It's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this, today's discussion, mate. And um, those that are listening, you probably remember Steve's episode that we did not long ago. I'll make sure I link that in the show notes below. But what we're going to actually talk about today, and I think that a lot of people listening will be able to relate to this, um, is transitioning from a fat loss phase to a gaining phase. Uh, we're going to discuss nutrition, the training in the gym, the cardio aspect, and also the mental, mental and physical aspects of the whole transition. Um, because as most of you would know that are listening, it can be tough going from waking up every single day and focusing on fat loss to then getting to the point where you're almost wanting to put on a little bit of body fat and, and seeing your body change and your behavioral habits changing. So, Steve, let's kick things off, mate. I want to get your opinion on what you do at the end of a fat loss phase. Um, those that are listening are probably aware of the reverse diet, um, which is, I mm-hmm. guess, a slower appro- approach. Um, another approach that is very popular at the moment is the recovery diet. So what's your kind of take on the whole thing and how do you approach it? Cool. So um, I think it depends on the person we're talking about and what their goals are, where they've come from as well. Um, I mean, as always, it depends on the context. You can't get away from that. Uh, And um, to give that sort of answer, it always feels like a cop-out, but you can always throw out some examples. So, um, I mean, the recovery diet and the reverse diet, if I leave those to the side for the moment and we talk about a person who actually isn't aiming to gain muscle right now they're actually maybe they're halfway through a fat loss phase and they just need to take a break at maintenance that might be appropriate um i think that's a lot something a lot of people don't think about is the fact that you can't just continually kind of go in one direction forever you need these kind of nutritional pit stops almost um and especially for fat loss as it gets harder and harder and harder um, but if maybe you're a male going from 20% and you've come down from 20 to like 15, but you're not satisfied and you don't want to start gaining, then maybe it's a time for maintenance and you would bring calories to maintenance. Um, the way of doing that might differ. So obviously as you diet, your maintenance is dynamic. So as you diet down, your maintenance is going to be dropping anyway because your metabolism as a whole will drop. You weigh less, you're moving less. Um, and as far as you can try and as hard as you try, you try and make up for all the kind of losses in meat, um, you just get lazy. So the amount of calories you burn go down to so the amount of calories you need to sustain your weight come down. So to actually then come to maintenance is the goal, but you may have to edge your way there. So you might find, okay, I was cutting on 2000 calories. I was losing maybe at the end half a pound a week which you might look at being 250 calories a day in a deficit, so you just bump up by 250. But as you increase calories, you'll find all of these things that drop down, um, such as your NEAT, so your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, start ramping back up, you start kind of perking up and you get more energetic. So you have to kind of, as maintenance moves up, you bring calories up a bit more, and then you kind of hold this for a period of time, whether it's one three months at maintenance and then you'd attack fat loss again 
Um, but if we're talking about someone who, and for the most part of this discussion, I think what we're specifically talking about is more kind of someone who's gone through fat loss and now they're ready for muscle gain. Um, that's kind of a completely different story. There's no point really going to maintenance because what's the goal? The goal is to build muscle. Um, and I mean, after a contest prep, if we go down to the opposite end of the spectrum, someone who actually doesn't just want to gain muscle, they actually need to build uh, and gain some fat to get kind of healthy and productive. Um, they really don't need to extend kind of periods of time in a deficit or at maintenance, which a slower reverse diet type protocol could lead to. Um, and then the recovery diet in which you come with a more rapid influx of calories might be more appropriate. So you actually purposely like putting them in. I mean, sometimes you hear people going to a thousand calorie surplus yeah. to build back this fat as soon as possible to make them feel good. But I think it really depends on, I mean, so much of this is individual and I don't think there's a one right way of saying kind of black and white, yes, you need to rapidly put on body fat as soon as possible to get to your lower end body fat set point that your body likes to be at. I think there's a lot of psychology involved, there's physiology involved, and I think there's even a time course involved in that you could rapidly gain that fat back in a couple of weeks, but you still might not have been enough time for your body to really realize that it's no longer like in a calorie deficit that it's been in for months. And so I think there's some patience that's involved during this time as well. And it's always a bit of a psychological battle. And you have to find, I kind of talk to my clients, like you have to find the sweet spot between gaining fat and appropriate pace to which you feel good, but is kind of not in the realms of you're just getting fat and you're going to want to have to cut down in a period of time. Yes. So for different people, that will differ. I mean, um, for myself personally, if I talk about my situation, which might give, I mean, that provides some context. And I think your situation might not have been too dissimilar. Um, towards the end of my prep, um, after my first show, in fact, I started reversing calories up. So like that reverse diet, the traditional one, where you are still in a calorie deficit and you're just building up calories. And I was able to build mine all the way up to probably around the maintenance um, by the end at which I was kind of peaking um, and I was on a maintenance of 2,900. So then I just lobbed on top 300 calories um, to start at a pretty moderate gaining rate um, because at that point I felt good. I didn't yeah. feel like I needed to gain um, fat back quickly um, and I still gained quicker than maybe I might normally in a, in a massing phase but not excessively fast. Um, and this just allowed me to feel my best. And I have a, a lower body fat set point, I think, in general anyway. I stay fairly lean just without really having to try that hard. Um, so that was appropriate for me. But I've had other clients who they really struggled. They had to lose a lot of weight to get down to competition leanness. And so for them, they felt awful at that body fat percentage. And they really needed to come back up out of it. Um, and we didn't have the kind of the gift of reversing into their shows because we just didn't have enough time. And yeah. so they needed to be in a, a more aggressive um, surplus coming out of the gates. But I think really my, if I was to go one for the other in terms of like recovery or reverse diet, I think nine times out of 10, I'd say a recovery diet. I don't really feel like the reverse diet is very appropriate, uh, only for people who are literally unwilling 
to go into that surplus straight away and they really, really want to do it slowly. And even in their, those cases, it's more of a, I'm not recommending this. This is all you will literally do. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'd, I'd go for that uh, recovery type diet or a, yeah. a slow approach towards that. Hopefully I've rambled quite a lot. I feel like I could go so many directions here. <laughs> no, that's great. And you, you mentioned one word there that I think is often overlooked and as silly as it is, that is healthy. And that's what most people <clears throat> that's what most people kind of fail to understand or, or see at the end of a fat loss phase is that your body nine times out of ten is not in a healthy state. So to get back to that healthy state, it's gonna take more than, you know, a twenty five grams of carb increase on the start of your reverse diet to get back there and that's another thing that I think is often overlooked is you know you hear a lot of people that do go for the slow reverse diet approach and you know they're they're going on about how good it is that they're increasing food every single week but they're getting leaner or they're still really lean but what people fail to understand is that they're still in a calorie deficit it's just a less severe drop or a less severe deficit so they're not even at their maintenance calorie intake so yes they may look good they may be still continuing to lose some body fat they might be feeling better in their training but you know hormonally and and in terms of actual health they're still in a position where they're not getting the hormones back to where they need to be um, their, their metabolism is not getting back to where it needs to be and really they're still cutting yeah i think you touched on some really important points there and Something I want to say to listeners is um, if, all, if your competition season is over and you're reversing out of your show and you're looking better, isn't that just really frustrating? Uh, isn't that just horrible? I'd, I'd be kicking myself. I'd be like, what the hell? Like, this is not good because um, I don't need to be, like, you don't need to be competition lean mm. after your competitions. That's the only purpose it serves. Um, so post show, you need, like, get away from that look. You need to get to a look that feels healthy and productive and allows you to shift good volumes in the gym because um, there's no purpose to stay that lean apart from for your competitions. Yeah, and like you said, it's not a one-size-fits-all. And if you could continuously just eat in a 500-calorie deficit and lose fat every single week, then I think everyone on the planet would be shredded year-round, but it doesn't exactly work like that. So if that is the case, if you have finished your show or you've passed your event where you're trying to get lean for and you started to do a slow reverse diet for whatever reason you chose that approach and you are starting to look leaner, then that's something to remember next time. Similar to what Steve did for his show and, and similar to what I kind of did for my show is actually increasing calories once you reach that point where you, you're not willing to go any lower and your body's kind of starting to disagree with the fact that you're in such a low um, calorie intake, then maybe increasing calories is what your body needs to then increase that need and have better training sessions and get back to um, you know more productive state and you're actually able to lose lose body fat. But another another point you just mentioned there, Steve, is about the whole mental side of things. So I want to go into um, a little bit of that mental aspect now and just get your opinion on a few different things. Um, Obviously, coming towards the end of a fat loss phase, like I said, you know, depending on how long you've been cutting for, most days you're waking up with the mentality of trying to lose body fat. Um, that's that's how it obviously should be. And then going into the gaining phase, you know, how do you how do you approach or how do you recommend people approach that mentally? Do you think it's just, you know, it's just an instant switch where you go from fat loss to then changing your mindset to 
gaining, you know, gaining body fat, gaining a little bit of, um, of body fat to then put on that muscle mass? Or do you think it's something that needs to be gradual, um, you know, to be able to set small goals each week and, and focus on something different? Because um, it can be hard just to go from full mentality of losing fat to then going, oh, it's okay, I can put on body fat now. Yeah, you're, you're completely right in that. Um, I think for most people, it can't be a, an uh, on and off switch. You can't just switch from, I'm in prep and now, oh, I'm in off season. It's more of a, there is that transition, which is basically what we're talking about. And well, like there's a transition in calories and uh, there's a transition like your cardio reduction. There's got to be that transition in mindset where you, I think they go, they're all intertwined in fact in that, yeah, in your off season when you're, like whatever, fully in your off season, fully fledged, and you're fully into flexible dieting. You're maybe maybe you're even intuitively eating by that point, depending on what you're doing. Um, you can't go straight from strict tracking every single grain of rice to trying to do intuitively. Like that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, so you kind of, I found myself kind of transitioning um, best and I find best for my clients is to keep many of the good habits that they've got from prep and just transition some flexibility as we go along or insert some flexibility as we go along. So for like nutrition, keep them on their usual meals and then just add bits to those meals. Um, if they have uh, a risk of binge eating or if they have any trigger foods, keep those out for now uh, until they're at a point where their hunger levels have settled and things like this because at the end of your, at the end of prep, if you haven't had that reverse diet, especially, you're going to have just so much hunger, and it's going to be insatiable. Like you won't be able to go out and enjoy restaurant meals, um, and not like you you won't be able to satisfy yourself through a single meal. Like you'll want to have a starter, a main, a dessert, and you'll still be hungry after all of that. And you have to kind of accept that that's going to be the case. Um, and on the point of eating out, like maybe e even Kind of you have your free meal maybe the day after the show and then you hold that back, you get back to your macros and you decide, right, actually eating out, I can't have a good amount of volume within my meal. I know it's not going to satisfy me. I'm probably going to overindulge and eat too much. I'm going to hold off for a couple of weeks before I go and eat out. And part of the mindset there is, yes, it's frustrating, but I think there is an important part of contest prep, which is this transitional period in which you are still kind of in prep. This is an important time to kind of keep under control and you're not fully fledged into your off season yet. Mm. Um, and just bear in mind that that food's always going to be there. You can always go and enjoy, you're going to have those times in your uh, off season where you do eat out every day of the week and it's fine and you go on holiday and it's absolutely fine because you are settled hormonally. You are, your body is happy at where it's at. And in fact, there's going to be times in your off season probably where you have to force feed and you don't need to do that now, and it's not appropriate right now. So just bear with what you've got. Um, and the mindset shift of physique is hard as well because uh, for m myself anyway, I was kind of posing every single morning, kind of checking my physique, checking my glutes, seeing if there was any fat left on there, and yeah. all of these different things. And you're like, oh, am I full? Am I flat? And you know, especially if you've been doing, or you just came out of a peak week, so you've probably been doing a lot of, a physique assessment then and I think it's it's not healthy to continue to have that hyper focus on your physique after your show um, I do see people and I am slightly concerned 
they seem fine, but I, I see them checking in with the same sort of posing in their posing trunks every morning after their show. And if that maybe that could continue for a week and you just want to kind of assess things. But if, if you're keeping doing that months and months into your off season, that's kind of I just think that's too much obsession with obsession with how you're looking, especially because a kind of dieted down kind of whatever it might be, 170 pounds looks very different to a surplus 170 pounds, like building up out of the show. You just don't look as crisp, as dry, as good. And you automatically lose leanness straight away. And you, you worry that it's lots of fat, but, in reality, when you're in a surplus, you're always glycogen full. You're probably eating more sodium now, yeah. and you're holding on to a ton more water immediately. So there's going to be pounds of scale weight added and pounds on your physique. So you're going to look soft. No matter what you do, you're going to look soft unless you kind of have a random day of dieting. But you don't want to start getting into that kind of purge, binge, or uh, mini-cut mass very short periods of time. Um, so you need to take a look away from your physique and judge more on performance in the gym. Focus on enjoying your gym sessions. Like we were just talking about beforehand, yeah. it's so nice having so much energy, so many carbs are coming in, that we can actually go into gym sessions and be like, I'm gonna beat everything that I did last <laughs> session. And the speed at which, I don't know about you, Danny, but when I'm cu- I've come out of my show, and I've started increasing my carbs by a kind of decent amount, so I've gotten to quite high, the adaption I've been making week to week is and the amount of volume I can take is almost sickening to me um, because I'm still fairly weak I think since prep and that my strength levels haven't quite caught up but my ability to just endure volume and sets upon sets is unbelievable um, and yeah to a point where I'm now deloading but um, I'm already like I want to get back in there and start growing so I definitely yeah. think there needs to be a mentality shift away from the physique, more to performance, um, and do what, uh, I think it's Dan John, but also Alberto Nunez likes this quote, is keep the goal the goal, and realize your goal has now shifted, um, and now your long-term goal is to bring a better package next season. Yeah. The only way you're going to do that now is to grow muscle, and you know the requirements to grow muscle. You need to perform well in the gym, you need to progressively overload, and you need to put your best foot forward, especially because most people are going to be more advanced at this stage, that calorie surplus. And you need to gain some body fat back as well because currently you're not, you're a fragile um, kind of being and you can't overload properly with movements. Exactly. And I think, especially in that dieted phase, you, you definitely do get to the point where that just feels normal um, and you almost forget what it feels like to feel like what actually normal, like in a calorie surplus and full of glycogen, full of energy and ready to train because you get to that point where you've been dieting that long that, you know, that depleted state starts to feel normal. But as you were saying before about doing physique checks every single day and, and being very, very anal with how you're looking, like that can definitely take away from the, you know, the, um, the growth period like like he said keep the goal the goal and i think that's extremely important like for the first week or two yeah i was still kind of doing physique checks every morning but now it's just like you know i know that over time my body fat percentage is most likely going to be slowly climbing um so i i'm not too sure why every single morning i would bother checking the mirror to see how you know see how my abs are looking or see um check out lines in my uh in my triceps or, or anything like that because 
mentally that can slow down the the opposite process yep. of what we're actually kind of switched to now and that is that gaining phase and I just find from my opinion anyway going into that gaining phase is realizing that in that comp prep you know you really have a couple of goals one is to try and maintain that lean muscle mass if you can build some then that's amazing um, and two is obviously lose the body fat but that's only a very small part of bodybuilding a very small part of this whole lifting game that we're all so so in love with that there's so many other aspects of it that you can now focus on now that you're out of that fat loss phase and you know taking away the fact that you're in a calorie deficit is really only taking away a very small percentage of bodybuilding and that is being in that shredded state there's so many other things that you can focus on now and start to set goals on um, which which I think definitely helps me changing what my goal is and and getting a new focus as soon as possible yeah i think also something we haven't talked about are the fact that is the fact that when we are in contest prep we become incredibly selfish you you have to be towards the final months of prep to get the best result if you try and be flexible at that point in time like trying to do social events or try and eat out like I'd love to say that that's something that's appropriate or doable but for a lot of people in the last month they are very very tired they have to kind of hit nutrient timing to the key uh, to the key to, to the tea um, and have their meals their foods and keep consistent and if they get out of that kind of um, very strict regime where it's very inflexible um, they don't see the best result possible and actually it causes more stress but the great thing is when you come out and part of the kind of transition and the goal setting is to kind of get your life back in, in, a, in, a, in a sense. Kind of um, right now, I have so much more mental capacity to work on business projects. Um, I have more any. I don't get kind of um, hangry with my girlfriend if dinner's at like if we're having dinner a bit later. Like I can I can wait to eat mine. I don't have to kind of <laughs> get like gorge it down straight away. Um, if we want to go and eat out or have takeaway, it's something I can now actually enjoy. Um, I can go and drink some alcohol if I wanted to. Um, I can fit that within my goals and it be appropriate at this point in time, whereas during prep it just wasn't. And I'm kind of getting those relationship, relationships back. I've got more energy and more flexibility to do that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's something important as well to remember. Definitely. And I think especially the last two preps that I've done, I've... I really remember at the start of each prep, I said to myself, you know, one of the main goals this prep is to make sure that that kind of social side of things and, um, you know, the way you're treating those around you and stuff like that doesn't drop off. But then every single time, once you get to the end of prep and you finish your show and you're a few weeks into, you know, transi transitioning into that gaining phase and you think back to, <laughs> you know, the weeks leading into the show, you do realize how, how selfish it is and, um, you know, obviously that's just part of the sport. If that's what you choose to do, then uh, it come, comes with it. And th most of the time, those that are close to you will understand that. But like you said, there's so many other aspects of life that you can then gain back in this um, in this gaining phase, which just makes all the difference. And things like, like work, like you and I do very similar things. You know, being able to sit down now for a few hours and actually concentrate and not be thinking within 10 minutes of what my next meal is going to be, yeah. Um, just makes a massive difference to productivity. Yeah, and and the little things like your sleep just starts getting better, um, your mood is generally better, your libido's back, 
um, stuff like that and you can just start having more energy for more things um, similar to like yeah you can just do so much more during your off season and it's a good time to realize that for bodybuilding to be sustainable I think for everyone it needs to be not obsessive it needs to be there needs to be more to your life than just bodybuilding um, and it allows you to kind of yeah reacquaint yourself with all of these other aspects yeah, to life that you really enjoy that's a great point and it was similar to something I was thinking about before is that I personally think it's extremely important to almost have that on and off switch between your, you know, once you're deep into your off season and your prep and not be so anal about all the little things and even if it gets to the point where you are intuitively eating because it takes so much out of you mentally in prep that I think that time away is necessary to almost motivate yourself and, and get yourself mm-hmm. pumped to actually go through it again because... You know, it's easy to say when you're in the off-season that, you know, you're looking forward to prep and it's, uh, you know, you're, you're happy to continue being really strict with all your, your hitting your specific macros, um, you know, tracking your cardio or whatever it may be. But as soon as you get in prep, every single thing counts. So when you've got the, the ability and the freedom to be able to kind of let go of that for a little bit, I think that's extremely, extremely important. Yeah, I think I completely agree. It's, I mean, just something that springs to mind immediately is like trying to do a holiday, like try and go on holiday like a month out from your show is, is and try and do all of your kind of hitting your nutritional time, you're getting your training sessions in, doing your cardio. You're not going to enjoy that holiday in any way, shape or form. Whereas during your off season, like holidays are amazing. Like you can try different food and um, that degree of kind of yeah, where your nutrition is and how far away from contest prep practices you need to get to feel comfortable um, will differ. But I, yeah, I definitely think it makes the heart grow fonder when you have these periods of time away, um, and it it alleviates any burnout because I do think some competitors get burnt out, especially when they like they try and compete year to year. Um, so they are basically just in prep mode all the time, and you then see them they're like, oh, I've competed back to back the last three years I'm going to take a, a five year like hiatus and they just get really fat and <laughs> give up bodybuilding and take up surfing or something yeah. so which is fine but um, maybe they could have kind of left it a year between each show and continued to be a, a great bodybuilder but yeah, yeah I agree I agree I definitely thought that by the time I started my prep this year I was well and truly ready to uh, to, to start prep again again I was actually yeah getting to the point where I was hoping my off-season would hurry up and finish so I could get, <laughs> so I could actually start prep, whereas at the moment, you know, uh, as much as I love competing and, and this year was, prep was, as we were talking about before we started the podcast, prep was almost a breeze for most of it. At the moment, it's, it's kind of the last thing on my mind, like I'm really looking forward now to taking time, you know, for me it's going to be hopefully at least two years until I start prepping again, but I know that by the time I do, um, you know, I'll be absolutely itching to, to get started again. Yeah, I think that's it, it's something that you definitely need to be in a very, you need to start a prep from a place of strength, and that includes the psychological, the physiological, and kind of like limited, low stress and everything, and I think that's discounted. Um, I think, yeah, people look at contest prep and they look at it as a, a t- like 20, 30, 40 week thing. And they forget that actually there's all the years around it that have built up to that period of time have set you up for success or for failure. So um, you need to take care of of yourself during your off season as well. Uh, I 100% agree. 
Mate, now to, to go into part two of this podcast and kind of get towards wrapping things up, I want to talk about the physical side of the transition from fat loss to, to the off-season or to a gaining phase. In terms of training in the gym, what, what do you typically do um, going from your contest prep kind of programming into now moving into the off-season? So um, I'm going to bring up something that Mike Isretel presented at the uh, London conference um, when he came over from the US. Um, we brought him over and he, yeah, he, we'd been in some deep discussions about this before and we kind of came to some conflicting thoughts about it um, and weren't sure. And so he said during his time in kind of coming up with a solution to this period of time, this transition, um, he came out with kind of, I guess, revolutionary concepts, and that's what I've done, um, and I think it, it it works out very well, and it makes very good sense, so to, to spit it out, basically, um, at the end of your contest prep, you've been kind of fighting fat loss, uh, I mean, fighting muscle loss through trying to keep your training volume kind of as sustainably high as possible, so you're at a point with your training where maybe you've started implementing some kind of metabolite work, because that's something that's productive for you and you can actually utilize. Um, heavy work has kind of taken a backseat and you're in those higher rep ranges because they're more comfortable and appropriate for you right now. Yeah. So your training volume's pretty high um, and you're fairly fatigued from it all, which presents a bit of a conflict because we know for muscle growth, you want to be progressively overloading your volume. So it's like, can I actually do more volume here? Well, from a nutritional side, you're in maybe if you're lucky, the reverse, you're in maintenance or you're in a deficit at that period of time and you're going to go into a surplus. And as we discussed, that's what's probably appropriate for most people. So you get a bunch more calories, a load more carbs. Um, and so your actual ability to recover and ability to perform volume goes up. So whereas before you're kind of capped because your nutrition just was so low and you're very fatigued, now you can actually do more volume than you have been doing, but it has to be very high. Um, it has to be kind of a layer on top of what you've been performing. So you accompany this extra food that's coming in with a high volume training program and follow that. Um, and you kind of make the most out of this period of time in which you know psychologically you need more food and you need to kind of have a bit more freedom there. Physiologically, your body is calling out for food you're very insulin sensitive, you're in a very good state there. Obviously, you're, you're insulin sensitive to fat gain as well as muscle gain, but you need that fat anyway. Um, so that plays into it, and then you just eat up your volume, put a layer on top so you can actually make use of this time. Yep. So that's where I see it kind of, I've managed to extend this mesocycle out for five weeks um, before deloading, um, and yeah, I well and truly need it now, um, but I think it's, a great opportunity right there and from that point I'm now at a point at which now I can't actually add any more volume I need to dial it back and I'm going to go through a short period of um, lower volume to kind of reset things and um, allow my body to settle down and I'll bring calories down I don't need to gain so rapidly um, I'm at kind of a comfortable state I feel very healthy and I let everything settle let the dust kind of settle and then I'll go into my off season so it's probably a period of kind of four to eight weeks in which you layer on top of that volume, you layer on top of those calories, then you draw them back, let things settle, and then you're in your off-season from like a, a, a base of strength, essentially. So 
that's the way I like to approach things. Yeah, I like that approach. And um, you mentioned something interesting there about your, your nutritional intake as well. Obviously, with the reduction in volume coming up after this deload, um, your energy expenditure is going to be a little less. So give us a mm-hmm. kind of an insight into what you're currently taking in now and how much of a decrease you'll make to that, that intake once the volume drops back down. So I'm currently, well, I was taking in, I think if I just said calories, because that's something everyone can relate to. So about 3,600 to 3,700 calories um, in my final overreaching week. Yep. Um, and so for my deload right now, for the to, I'm going to complicate things, but for the first half, I kind of keep things a bit more assertive in terms of like, I'm doing way less. I know I'm burning way less calories, but I really want to make sure I recover and super compensate as best as possible. So I, I've dropped down to around 3,500, which is probably still a, a slight surplus. And then by the end of this deload, I'll bring them down to closer to 3,000. Um, and that's where I imagine maintenance is um, on these lower volumes. And then I'll probably hold them around 3,000. Um, but I will still take into account that I am still kind of fresh out of contest prep. If I do feel any kind of strange food focus or I don't feel very recovered, um, I'll allow them to go a little bit higher. Um, and if that's additional fat to be gained because I'm doing low volume, then so be it. That's actually something I still need, obviously. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'll, I'll play it there because um, I don't want to have, I don't want to extend contest prep uh, in any way, shape, or form. I definitely want to be in my off season by the end and fully recovered. Definitely, definitely. And in terms of cardio, were you doing much at the end of prep or um, let's just say, for example, we do have someone who is doing a fair bit of cardio. What's your recommendation on that post-comp or post-diet moving into this off-season? Um, do, you, do you recommend a, an initial big decrease in energy expenditure from cardio or do you, just gradu- do you like to gradually do it um, until you get to the point where it's very minimal, if any at all? Yeah, I think... Touching on me probably isn't the best person to look at because I was very fortunate. I get lean easy. Um, it's not like really easy, but I don't need excessive amounts of cardio. Um, I did at stages have quite high cardio and at stages have quite high steps, but like I transitioned with the calories reversing, I also transitioned those. So by the time I came out, I was on very minimal cardio and I just re- slowly transitioned and reduced it more so. Um, but if you're in a situation where you are doing a lot of cardio, um, then I would look to reduce it by up, up to 50%, especially if it was kind of something that you were struggling to sustain and it was taking quite a lot away from your life. Yeah. Um, the great thing is, even in that time, like if you reduce your cardio by 50% and that's 1,000 calories that you're now not doing, it's not like you've lost 1,000 calories of cardio. I mean, you haven't lost that because in that however many hours, maybe that took an hour and a half to complete, you're still burning calories in that hour and a half. So you maybe if mm. your net loss isn't a thousand um, and then you're going to be having more food and they all kind of come into one another in which maybe you can get away with um, the kind of a dramatic drop in cardio and you can put more energy to your training and things like this. So I definitely don't like to use cardio as a, a main tool during fat loss periods for that reason because it just – there's always diminishing returns with the more you end up adding, the more it takes away from other things. Um, so I do think, yeah, if you're doing a lot of cardio, 
look to drop it by as much as you can afford, um, but balance that with your nutritional changes as well. Because if you're dropping cardio by 50%, adding a thousand calories, and that could be it, like put you in a huge surplus, which would be inappropriate. So um, I would, yeah, look to taper it down as best you can to a sustainable amount for your off season. Um, and now I'm doing, I think I ended up, I was doing something like, mm, how much was I doing? I was doing under a thousand and now I'm doing about 500 calories of cardio. So it's basically nothing. It's basically warm ups. Yeah, cool. I, I think of it as very similar to the nutrition side of things in terms of how you should kind of, uh, and trend transition it. But also it, it, it does depend on the individual. If you're someone that gets to the end of your diet and you're doing a decent amount of cardio and you hate it, then obviously that's something that you may want to reduce uh, sooner rather than later, and that may even mean that you keep your calorie intake um, or that that initial bump in calories a little bit lower um, if you're willing to drop your cardio a lot. Whereas someone like myself, which is, this is kind of weird, but like during prep I did no cardio at all, whereas now I'm doing, yeah, now I'm doing kind of two or three a week because I genuinely enjoy going for a run and now that it's warming up a bit here in Australia, like I'm actually doing way more cardio than what I did in prep, yeah. um, which is which is quite weird. Um, but yeah, it all does come down to the individual. Um, now, Steve, we're, we're going to have to wrap things up in a minute, mate, and I know this next question we could probably turn into a podcast in itself, but for those that are listening or, or even um, those that are just coming out of a fat loss phase, eventually they're going to get to kind of deep into the off-season or deep into a calorie surplus are you an advocate for going through stages where you do a mini cut um, throughout your off season um, just to pull the body fat back in and give it a bit of a reset and then get back into a surplus or are you, would you prefer to just gradually increase calories over time and spend as much time as possible in a surplus? So yeah, I think both approaches can certainly work and they both have their kind of pros and cons. Um, but I do like what, well, Definitely, we're bodybuilders. We want to be building for as long as possible. So you want to be in fat loss for as short time as, as possible. But there's a cap to that. Um, from a standpoint of like body fat, as we get, we know as we get as a male, it's like 15, 16% body fat. Over that, the partition ratio falls out of favor for muscle and into favor for fat. Mm. Um, so more of the nutrition that we intake goes toward building fat over muscle, which is not great for us because we're struggling to build muscle tissue as it is. Yeah. So from a kind of insulin sensitivity standpoint, kind of keeping those body fat levels under check by having the mini cuts thrown in now and then is a great way of doing it. That will resensitize us to those nutritional aspects and kind of make us in a better position to start growing and the additional benefit to that is you don't end up getting too far from your stage weight or stage leanness, which I think is really undervalued because I see people almost doing, they do contest preps and lengths of contest preps I would deem as actually kind of that should be phased out into two phases um, because you should be doing just general fat loss and then prep. Um, I like the idea of starting a prep in a condition where you are already quite lean so maybe 12 percent like you've got abs yeah. so that your actual contest prep isn't hell because you haven't got weeks upon weeks upon weeks and it's not taking over your life for a good year you see people doing these preps that are that long 
And I just feel like that is too long for the body and psychologically to think that you're in prep for a year is torturous. And I've done it myself. I've seen others do it and it just is never a great way about going things. So to throw in mini cuts now and then, they can actually, you can actually end up transitioning yourself down almost in body fat because you can lose fat quicker than kind of you gain muscle. So you can kind of, okay, I'm going to build up to 16%, do a mini cut, get down to what it might be 12%. Then I'm going to build up, get up to 14%, mini cut, get down to like 10% and then build up, get to 12%. And then I'm going to maintain and start prep. I think that is going to have your body in a much more um, kind of, best prime position for a contest prep than just building all the way up to like 16 or 18 percent body fat and then trying to start a prep from there um so i definitely do like the mini cuts um yeah definitely a proponent yeah i do really like that approach and i think the other benefit of it as well is just engraving those habits of you know what you're going to need to do in prep and and you know spending let's say two to three years in a calorie surplus um, let's be honest, there's a lot of things that you're not doing that you will be doing in prep. So just throwing in a mini cut every now and then just to get those, um, yeah. just just to go over those habits again in terms of tracking your macros and, and being a bit more disciplined with what you're eating and nutrient timing around your training and all that type of stuff can be very beneficial for sure. Yeah, and then I guess the whole dieting becomes less of a shock again. It's kind of like, if you go away from, I don't know, if you don't drive your car for a year and then you try and drive, you're like, oh my gosh, like, how do I drive again? Whereas if you're driving like every other month, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is fairly fresh. Or people can relate more to like squatting. If you go away from squatting for a year and then try and squat, you're a bit like, oh crap. But if you're doing it every month or so, it's much easier. Not that I'm saying do mini cuts every month. <laughs> Definitely know, don't. I know, I know what you're trying to say, Steve. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, we're going to have to wrap things up there, mate, but um, I really do appreciate you joining joining me again today and the listeners on the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast. Guys, I'm going to link Steve's podcast below, uh, Revive Stronger podcast. There is so much good content there, um, and I'll put all Steve's socials um, in the show notes as well. Thanks for joining us, man. No, I really appreciate it. It was a really fun chat, and yeah, hopefully people took some bits away from it. Definitely, and um, we'll definitely link up again in the near future and, and go over a different topic for sure. Sweet, awesome. Awesome. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you haven't already, please do hit that subscribe button. Leave a review if you like today's show. If you have any questions or queries about anything that Steve and I went over today, send me an email at danny at dannykennedyfitness.com. If there's any Specific questions for Steve, I'll be sure to pass them on or you can you can get in touch with him through his socials, which I said uh, I'll link in the show notes below. So thanks so much for tuning in. Have a fantastic day and I'll talk to you in the next episode.